Down to Business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams. Now, if you're a business leader, you most likely feel the heat to quickly adopt new technology and new digital concepts. As you don't want your business to be left behind, you may rush to embrace the latest trends before your business is actually quite prepared for it. How to cut through all the unnecessary complexity and help your business to understand the future before starting to prepare for it, we ask Tom Goodwin, an author of the book Digital Darwinism, and he joins me now. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Morning. I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, you better tell us, first of all, what is your definition of digital Darwinism? And we'll we'll move from there. It's a process by which companies sort of fade and die or potentially have kids to survive instead that are a little bit different and better prepared to thrive in the future. That's what I would say. Okay. So what that change then means, I suppose, for the business world in this digital age we're in, uh, when you relate your digital Darwinism to it. Tell us more about that. I mean, the book is very much rooted in the idea that there's lots of change in the world, but it's change that we can all cope with. And we really need to understand the changes that matter as well as the things that are not changing. Um, And people need to go through an approach which is a little bit more nuanced and mature um, and more thoughtful and proactive where they decide what really is changing, what should the future of my company be, um, and the book outlines some steps that companies need to follow, everything from an audit of the current situation to creating a longer-term vision um, to creating a sort of specific strategic roadmap of how to get to a better future. Okay. So what's changing then, Tom, in your view? What, what do we need to look at here? Well, unusually for most people, a bit like me, um, I'm, I'm not someone that goes around talking about 5G or the metaverse or crypto or blockchain all the time. I actually think really what happened is about 30 to 10 years ago, we saw some really profound technologies come into our life. Um, everything from the internet to um, cloud computing to 3G mobile internet. And most companies haven't got particularly excited by what that means. Most companies have applied this technology around the edge of their business rather than at the core. So the sort of main strategy really is to get very excited about what can be done now Um, not to use the next big thing that's coming along as an excuse for inaction now, Um, and to be much more empathetic and thoughtful about how we're using technology to better serve customers. How can we create a better um, car rental company? How can we serve people flying on our airline better using existing technology that we have at the moment? It's that sort of thing which is quite different to most other people out there who are always talking about, you know, the metaverse or quantum computing and so forth. Okay. So if we look at, you you mentioned there, uh, you know, uh, technologies that improve uh, customer experiences. And if we look at things like, you know, call centers, like uh, trying to get onto banks, you know, all the technology that's been brought in there that, one would say is actually anti-customer. What do you say to that? And uh, those technologies uh, that really frustrate customers. 
Yes. I mean, um, there's always two things, really. There's the technology itself, and then there's how we use it. And I think often we've taken these technologies that could be rather magical, um, and companies have used them in ways often driven by the um, the, the sort of advice of management consultancies. They've, they've used them to cut costs. You know, so call centers today are used to try to, you know, serve people as quickly as possible with the sort of lowest uh, cost staff available. And what we really need to do is to change our approach towards this stuff. Um, you know, for example, around the world, about $700 billion a year is spent on advertising, you know, in the hope that someone finds your product or service interesting. And that's considered an investment. But the moment that those people reply to an advert, the moment those people try to call you up, you know, that's called customer service and that's a cost to minimize. We really have to change how we think about this stuff. We have to think of these as very rich personal touch points where companies can impart vital information that helps companies and people feel better about the service they're getting. Um, so it's not so much about chatbots. It's not so much about instant messaging. It's having an approach where we get excited about serving people better and treating people with a little bit more respect, I think. And, and does it not surprise you that, you know, some of these huge corporations don't get that, don't get that they're really, really frustrating and annoying their customers by embracing <laughs> these technologies. And as you say, they're spending millions trying to attract customers by way of advertising. And then they go through this process that loses so many customers. I don't I, get that. I, um, I'm very puzzled. Um, I mean, I understand it in the extent, in the, in the kind of uh, way that it can be explained. Um, it can be explained by management consultancies trying to cut costs. Um, it can be explained by people falling in love with technology, not the application of it. Um, but I don't think it can be excused. You know, uh, it, it's, it's almost a sort of running joke these days, the idea that if you phone up a customer call center, you know, it's unusually busy. And if that happens all the time, then it's not unusual. And it's easy to sound very sort of curmudgeonly about this. It's easy for these things to seem like sort of first world problems. But everywhere you go, you know, you, you book a hotel and you pass over your credit card details. You then give them again when you check in. You then give them again when you check out. You know, there's no reason why companies can't store these details in, in secure ways. So I think, um, I think we need to realize that these things actually are very important and that people may choose an airline or a car rental company or a school or a university or a building development or a car because of what it's like to own it and to service it and to sell it, not just what it's like when you first buy it. Yeah. What about then, you know, the changing technologies within people's lives? And I suppose that the consumer is probably changing as he or she embraces more technology and, you know, businesses need to keep pace with that. Yeah, what we really see is technology very much amplify and exaggerate human traits, which have always existed. Um, so we're seeing people behave in slightly different ways. Um, people are more impatient, they're less loyal, um, they have higher expectations. They've often been overserved by some you know, new companies that have entered markets and made a loss serving them. Uh, you know, the delivery of e-commerce is uh, a good example where there's been so much venture capital money spent that actually now we expect things to be fast and free um, with free returns as well. 
But I think um, we'd be wrong to sort of uh, surround ourselves with the idea that everything is different and that people are radically altering their behaviours. They're not. Um, but we need to understand them much more. And we need to be aware that the competitive environment is quite different. You know, if you're uh, selling a car, the experience of buying that car will be compared with the experience of buying other things. Um, If you're changing your energy tariff, you may compare that with what it's like to change a mobile provider or bank account. And I think often companies, they tend to look at their existing competitors set and they tend to look at the companies that are most alike them and most large rather than looking at companies which are a comparison set, which may still mean that people are disappointed. Um, and also they will provide inspiration for new things that are possible. Right. So if we go back to digital Darwinism then, um, like the the life, the life cycle of a company now is probably much shorter than it was 50 years ago. In other words, if you look at the, I don't know, the, Fortune 500 companies, how many of them are more than 50 years old? So the evolution of the species that is business, it's, it, it, it lives and dies quicker. Does that influence your thinking around all this? I think the data on this is very complicated. Um, I think regardless of what you have to do, I think... I would hope the leaders have a duty to do what they should and can do. You know, a lot of the book is written in a very positive way. It's not based on this idea that you're screwed unless you do this or that you're um, letting everyone down if you don't embrace that. It's just saying, how can we be a bit more proud of what we're making happen? How can we, when we talk to customers, expect them to say good things about what we're doing because we're using the latest technology and we're being more ambitious about how we do things? So I think we should enter these conversations in a much more proactive and positive and optimistic way where we're really working around the power of new technology and we're being much more thorough in how we apply it. And part of this, in a way, you know, comes down to this idea of building being easier than changing. Um, If you actually look at large companies over the last 100 years, very few of them have ever changed that much. And I think for a long time, a lot of the the sort of verbiage of, of consultancy is based on change. It's based on culture change. It's based on sort of business model change. It's based on uh, digital transformation. Increasingly, I'm coming to the conclusion that we may be better off actually building new things. So how can companies build an entity which is their future? It's far easier to construct a new e-commerce site from scratch today than it is to change a really bad e-commerce site that's been around yeah. for 20 years. Yeah, I think that's 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 a, a, very, a very good observation. So what next then, Tom? Uh, just to conclude, what would you what would you advise businesses uh, to do now? Should they be, as I think you mentioned earlier, that they should be, you know, taking an audit or having a look at where they are in this journey, maybe seeing where they can improve technology within their business and maybe where they can use technology to improve the customer experience. Would, would that be a good start? Yeah, I think um, there needs to be a change of attitude. There needs to be a change from customer service as a cost center to customer service as um, a form of marketing. Um, People need to get much more enthusiastic about technology that we've had for a long time and we've still not made the most of. 
Um, you know, we've had things like macros in Excel for about 40 years, but, you know, these can be used to automate basic tasks in companies, but people don't really want to bother with that because it seems kind of boring and it's not new and sexy. Um, so get excited about technology, but more than anything else, um, be thoughtful about people. You know, we, we live in wonderful times and we have amazing jobs, but it's our job to understand people and how they interface with our companies, you know, to really understand what it's like to interact with your business, to really understand what your motivations are, um, to really understand what new possibilities there are out there to create new products or services that, that, um, that satiate needs and also do things that people didn't even know they wanted. Um, I think to go through a process like that is really, really helpful. And be aware that it's never been an easier time to build a new business. It's never been an easier time to use new technology. Yeah. Well, listen, it's, it's all good stuff and fascinatingly interesting. Uh, the book is called Digital Darwinism. Uh, the author is Tom Goodwin. And thanks for joining us this morning, Tom. Thank you very much. It's been great. Down to Business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams.